0: Welcome in a brand new clinical data management podcast with IBA. In the upcoming episodes, we'll bring you a sophisticated insight from various institutions that are involved in data management. Our guests are leading experts in data management, biotechnology, life sciences and digital health. They'll share with you their experience, best practices and maybe even more than that learn from the best it's clinical data management by iba
1: hey what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the podcast program presented by iba focusing on the best practices in clinical data management and today our main topic will be smart solutions in digital health in other words we are going to uncover the topic of public health for the first time here in this show and especially for this purpose I have invited a more than a relevant guest, Adam Chi from Institute of System Science at National University of Singapore. Welcome Adam.
0: Hello. Happy to be here.
1: Hi. Nice to have you here. And well, Singapore, a city which may be viewed as the Silicon Valley of Asia, a business destination to global corporations, SMEs, startups and also companies driven by technology. And you may know that more than 80% of the world's top technology companies have their presence in this small island nation. So how are you, Adam? Your profile says that you are a pragmatic academician, and how are you doing at such a business-oriented place?
0: Um, I'm doing great, Daniel. I'm doing great. Um, how am I doing in such a business-oriented um, environment? Um, I think, I think it's, a, it's a great place to be. Um, given the nature of the country, uh, I, I guess this the reason why I'm pragmatic uh, to begin with. The whole country is very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very efficiency driven. Uh, so that I think is a good thing um, in today's uh, environment. Yeah, so overall, fantastic. Yep.
1: Sounds really exciting and pragmatic. I love it. If we can stay a little bit at your person and your expertise, could you fill our listeners in some of your background, please? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, definitely Uh, so um, as you have introduced my name is Adam I'm currently serving as the uh, chief of the Smart Health Leadership Center over at the uh, National University of Singapore Uh, in terms of um, uh, expertise and qualification uh, I worked as a health informatician by profession Mm -hmm. and I've been in this um, industry for about um, 20 years now Um, so my training Uh, there's a variety of training actually. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in IT, uh, a master's degree uh, in computing, a master's degree in public health, uh, Hmm. a master's degree in uh, business because you got to navigate the financial aspects of things and uh, a a doctorate in health informatics. And of course, I've always been learning, Uh, never stopped. That's where most of my money goes to uh, other universities. Um, and in terms of work, um, I've been very fortunate, actually, um, due to the nature of my, of my work uh, as a health informatician, working on digital transformation initiatives in various aspects of uh, care setting. Uh, I've been working around the globe, if you will, uh, predominantly due to a shortage of qualified, uh, experienced uh, health informaticians. Uh, so how i like to describe it. Uh, is in terms of temperature. Uh, I've worked in uh, Kazakhstan during winter where it was negative uh, 50 degrees Celsius and I've also worked in um, the Middle East, uh, Dubai, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia where it's 50 degrees Celsius. Uh, So in between, there's a lot. uh, Predominantly uh, around the Asia-Pacific region, Middle East. Um, That's how I really, really spend most of my uh, time, especially the past 10 years. Um, And in terms of um, the things I do um, as an informatician, definitely standards, um, this is where data comes in, Um, change management, clinical workflow optimization, and um, a lot of um, uh, social aspects in terms of talking to people and figuring what's going on uh, before I make recommendations. So yeah, that in a nutshell is, um, is me.
1: Thanks a lot. Uh, really, an expertise all around the globe. I'm also curious how you became an expert of WHO for the area of digital health, and what does such a position entail?
0: Ah, uh, that was really by a stroke of luck, I think. Um, again, as I mentioned, as the. Um, global shortage of health mathematicians so the competition wasn't very tough to begin with thankfully Mm -hmm. Um, and one day someone just um, sent a a, a colleague from overseas just sent me a LinkedIn message and says hey would you like to uh, sign up for this and I just went ahead Um, so fortunately um, WHO saw that I was worthy if you will (laughs) and appointed me as one of the experts in fact as I understand it that's um, 200 over of us and I'm the only one from Singapore. Uh, so that, that was something pretty awesome as well. Uh, in terms of the role, so WHO, as you would you know, uh, comes up with recommendations from time to time. And the topic of digital health is definitely uh, something of importance. Um, um, and they have been working on initiatives. So they are collecting opinions, recommendations uh, uh, from experts, uh, validating some of the thoughts, And given that WHO has a huge uh, geographical reach, it's it's the entire planet Earth. uh, This is Mm. where they need to get diversity and uh, representation from all over the globe. Uh, So this is basically what I do for WHO, uh, making recommendations, giving my point of views. They may or may not be taken, uh, but at least I have the opportunity uh, to voice them out.
1: Uh, Very interesting. Okay, now uh, we know who you are. Indeed, we have a true expert for the area of digital health. Adam, can we try to build a bridge between your domain of digital health or public health and the main domain of this podcast, which is CDM clinical data management? I believe that digital health means something like leveraging data for better health. Would you agree with me on that?
0: Uh, Yes, I would actually, Daniel. Um, Mm -hmm. So (laughs) without data, um, your data is just witchcraft, if you will. (laughs) Everything Uh is data. Uh, The uh, the, the very notion of healthcare, clinical care, we are evidence-based, so data is is the truth. Um, Of course, how do we really uh, maximize the data Uh, is the key. But yes, I totally agree with you. Um, In the world of digital health, a lot of times uh, data plays a, a key role
1: and I saw it on your profile, you are spending a lot of time with uh, data dictionaries, vocabularies and semantics, is that right? So uh, Uh, how does it comply with data management? Uh, What's the bridge? Mm
0: -hmm. Right, um, so data in healthcare um, Mm -hmm. can be very messy, if you will, because there's so many ways to express the same thing, um, even within the same region. Uh, Let alone, let's say you and I, We we both obviously speak English, but uh, our English may uh, have Mm -hmm. variants. So imagine Mm -hmm. if you are trying to discuss, not in person, through an electronic medical record, just typing English. So we may not see each other, and we're typing stuff down. Our our culture uh, actually influences the way we write. So things that actually make sense in a way that it would be obvious to uh, folks of a similar culture and training as me may sound somewhat awkward to you, uh, and this is the best case scenario. You go further, we talk about medication. There's so many uh, uh, brand names and um, generic uh, as well. Uh, again, you, you may express it. Uh, and, and this is uh, the whole context we're talking about right now, exclude even spelling mistakes, which is very common. I mean, if you're t- typing in complicated medication names, chances are you make one or two spelling mistakes over the day. That is a- absolutely normal. Uh, we're all humans. so. If you we were to input all this data down into the electronic medical record, uh, chances are you will read it and it says, yeah, I sort of get what Adam is talking about. It sounds awkward to me, but I get it. And now you compile this over the globe, if you will. And then you try to utilize this data for secondary analytics. This is where things start to become messy without data dictionary, without vocabularies, because what is obvious to you and me May not be obvious to the computer. Hmm. So again, using medication, there's a generic name for certain drugs and brand names for uh, many, many uh, of of the generics, right? So the most simple example is Paracetamol. Over in this part of the world, we have this brand called Panadol. Uh, everybody uses that. In fact, the, the layman, they'll go to the pharmacy and say, "I want Panadol," and the pharmacy will have to uh, reconfirm, "Do you want this brand or do you want the generic, which is which is cheaper?" Uh, but yep. that's how it is. The computer doesn't know the difference. Someone has to actually go in periodically and you know, make sure that it is it is meaning the same thing. That is too resource intensive. This is where data dictionary, vocabularies, uh, and making sure semantic works uh, is very, very crucial. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier on, there's so many ways to express the same uh, meaning. And I'm going to use a simple example. Uh, using five very uh, commonly seen English word. Uh, it it here, here goes. I like fast food delivery. So I like fast food delivery. Nothing complicated about it. But if you were to step down and uh, a step back and think about it, did I mean that I like my food delivered fast, or do mm. I like fast food that's delivered delivered to me? It's five simple uh, English words, You know, it, it can actually generate a uh, misunderstanding. Again, this is easy, you need to know the context, you need to know the context, so this is where semantic interoperability is crucial. uh, Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, what if you look at the area of clinical trials now and ask the expert, I mean, Mm -hmm. ask Adam, how can the data semantics help a clinical study to be performed or carried out more efficiently? I suppose that we will need probably some kind of an agreement between the stakeholders on one common terminology system, right?
0: Yes. Uh, yes, you're right. So in terms of clinical uh, trials, uh, what a, a researcher would of you? I think the uh, de facto standard we will use is definitely CIDIS. CIDIS. Uh and, mm-hmm. and in fact, when I attended some seminars um, regarding CIDIS, uh which is a very good standard, I came to understand that bleeding as a concept is different so, so you know your puncture wound and your yeah. blood coming out bleeding as a concept is different between clinical trials and healthcare so <laughs> you have a skin puncture it doesn't mean that you're actually bleeding yeah so there's actually different levels of bleeding again these are things that's that's um, that's where agreed upon as you mentioned standards and vocabulary that's agreed upon is very important because we reduce any confusion um, especially when it comes to clinical trials, because hypothetically, uh, you may have developed uh, the drug uh, over at the Czech Republic and you want to actually sell it over to the ASEAN region and you decide, hey, I'm going to do some trials in Singapore. But maybe due to the, to the cultural differences, the way medical training was uh, delivered, and they're delivered differently all over the world, yeah. <laughs> we may actually have misunderstanding on how uh you will want to proceed with such a trial so yes i totally agree with you having something that is commonly agreed upon and then um religiously prescribed to uh terminologies uh, is crucial it's absolutely crucial yeah
1: thanks so if we can stick now a little bit with the data and the public health i mean your domain uh, what challenges do you have to solve by using data i mean how important is data to you on oh, um, daily basis,
0: it's very important, very important. Um, so th- there's a few scenarios where we use data, um, whether it's secondary reuse or primary use. So for projects related to primary use, uh, where we uh, healthcare professionals would depend on using that data for uh, diagnosis, making a decision, um, triggering your clinical decision support system. Uh, a controlled vocabulary is very important. So, hypothetically, someone actually has a heart attack. Now, if I say heart attack, you will understand, Daniel, what it is. If yeah. I say myocardial infarction, you will understand what it is. Uh, but to the computer, it may or may not understand. So this is where standardized terminology comes in uh, for clinical decision support system. Uh, and this, is, this could be life-saving, because in a real-world environment, you be, could be prescribing drugs, uh, and there could be medication uh, uh, conflict, lifestyle conflict, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So so that's for the primary uh, use environment. Secondary reuse, if you're doing it for population health, for public health, we want to come up with policies, we want to see disease pattern trends, um, et cetera, to do predictive analytics. Again, having semantic uh, data uh, would be crucial. But uh, for secondary reuse, uh, there are challenges as well, because if you want to do things properly, ideally you will also want... Um, data from the environment because there's pollution which affects health. Uh, even something as simple as noise. If if imagine you're staying in a place where it's constantly noisy, um, that's gonna affect your mental health. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, you need data, you need traffic data. Uh, you know, uh, potentially you could have a situation where a, a specific catchment area uh, for the hospital they, they keep uh, I, I'm not just making this up as an example. They keep getting traffic accident. You'll be wondering why then you start to, uh, you need to start looking at data in terms of uh, maybe there's not enough traffic light. Uh, so this is where we venture into the arena of public health. It becomes uh, much more complicated. It becomes social. Anything social, Daniel, as you know, involves human. Anything involving human is never easy. Yeah, so these are some of the challenges uh, yeah. that I will face here.
1: And uh, anything which uh, involves human, it, I think, involves also the human factor and errors, mistakes. So this may bring us again to proper data management and data quality, because I heard that you probably need to do a lot of data analytics and data analysis, a proper data analysis will always rely heavily on the data quality. Can we agree on that?
0: Oh, definitely. 100%. Yep. Yeah
1: okay thanks and um, what kind of data do we work with i mean uh, in terms of some figures such as volume dimensions dynamics is there also uh, time series data for example
0: that's a huge variety so it really depends on the type of projects mm. um, so so the good thing about my is i work with uh, a lot of data scientists and uh, data analysts uh, and so they would do the actual heavy crunching if you will Uh, so yeah but when you mentioned we work with all sorts of data uh, and sometimes even clinical imaging Uh, we look at images and try to make sense and do predictive uh, or diagnosis so yeah it's a a huge variety of data depending on the type of projects whether we are using it for policy or we're trying to figure out what's going on you know Uh, and I think you have come across situations like this when you look at the situation you can sort of feel that hey that's This is not right, but I can't really sort of put my pulse to what's wrong. And then it says, hey, I need to do uh, analytics. But here's the catch. I don't know what I don't know. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it's a catch 22, right? I know there's something that's not right. Uh, I want to figure it out. I'm only human. I can't tell. I I need something that's evidence-based. I need data. Uh, And this is where uh, it, it goes into a situation where I'll just collect the best I can and then based on the analysis decide what are the parameters what are the, what sort of volume you need So yeah uh, 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 to, to the short answer to your question is all sorts. yeah
1: all sources of data yeah. okay and uh, I believe that you work or you prefer to work with the standardized data that conforms to some medical vocabulary because we were talking about this previously so yeah, how to avoid uh, how to avoid data which are not
0: coded. Uh, the reality is there's, there's no way to avoid it. Uh, mm-hmm. We can only try. Um, uh, so, so there's uh, many, many parts in the real life environment uh, because a lot of this um, healthcare environment that I work with, they were built with analytics being a concept that's an afterthought. They actually didn't build the information system thinking that one day I'm gonna use all this information. So which is interesting because if you think about it, we are implementing electronic medical records in, in healthcare settings, which is to collect data. But a lot of people, when they collect data, they actually never thought about what am I gonna do with that data? <laughs> so an- analytics uh, is really an afterthought. As in analytics today, previously we would do a lot, some business intelligence, uh, um, you know, uh, basic uh, uh, grafting, just to see trends. But when you move into analytics, it's a different ballgame. You need more precise data because uh, if you want to do prediction, uh, you generally well have part, good past data. So, um, so that's a real life environment because we go into hospital settings, uh, healthcare organisation settings with systems that's not designed for it. So, what I like to do is I go around giving talks, including podcasts like this. Ah. Uh, so, thank you very much for the opportunity <laughs> You're welcome. To, to to raise the to raise the awareness of the importance of semantic uh, data. So, only when people understand the importance would they actually try to be helpful and, and again i like to draw the attention in, in a healthcare setting especially in a, a acute care setting most healthcare professionals do not see the, the importance of data because to them it says look let's say hypothetically I'm a medical doctor my patient is in front of me I can actually do my diagnosis right now why do I need to key that data into the electronic medical record I don't need it I can diagnose right now prescribe so they they and there's nothing wrong with this, this is their job, They their main purpose in, in their role is to treat the patient there and then. And then when they follow up, they can always ask questions. Uh, but if you want to ensure that the healthcare system is sustainable, you've got to move towards preventive health. And the only way to do that is to have data, good data then you can draw insights and policies. So yeah, again, to, to mm. answer, that's long answer to your question. Uh, I, I can't, but I try to talk to people about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> In other words, you you need data which is uh, reliable. So you require the integrity of the data, but also still the understanding of the data is also very important. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can maybe move on to some specific standards or vocabularies. For instance, you already said it. We clinical data managers typically use CDISC. I know that medical educators and librarians, they use MESH, uh, Medical Subject headings from the United States, but there are also some localizations as well. So uh, you guys in public health, uh, you are using different standards, don't you?
0: Yes, uh, different but related standards. So mm-hmm. definitely HR7 comes to mind, yeah, uh, the uh, SNOMED CT uh, LOIN for uh, laboratory data and uh, DICOM for images. But we really... Um, of course, there are also preferences. So hypothetically, um, there, there are a lot of countries because they do not pay the license for SnowMed City. they mm-hmm. like to use ICD, uh, which is from WHO, and, and that's free, and that's fine. That, that works well. Uh, but that does pose a challenge because the standard is meant for a, a totally different purpose. Uh, can we use it for uh, clinical... Uh, uh, terminologies needs absolutely but is it as granular not so uh, so but having said that having some form of structured data is better than <laughs> no structure uh, so sometimes we can't be picky but yeah so hr7 SnowMad city uh, loin for laboratory uh, Dicom for medical images yeah uh, These are some of the stuff that I, I I will see on a regular basis. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think that this brings us together. I mean, clinical data managers and computer scientists such as uh, yourself, because if you in healthcare are using HL7, DICOM and uh, some data standards for electronic medical records, we on the other hand use the C disk. there is always need to do kind of mapping between those standards or yes. the vocabularies and this is also <laughs> not easy uh, yeah. not trivial task okay so there was something about the standards and terminologies which are necessary for data understanding but what about the tools which we are using for your data management or data analysis tasks
0: uh, so thankfully um I, I don't do the actual data crunching most of the time. Uh, so we use a lot of these tools. Uh, no, so R, Python, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it really depends on what the healthcare organization is comfortable with. Because for me, I work across different uh, care settings. Uh, so we don't dictate uh, what tools they use. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. they are... Um, uh, because again, analytics is a very big word. Uh, some organizations, they do basic analytics and they, they think that's sufficient. Uh, so they may even use Excel. Uh, so for my case, I, I don't discriminate, whatever works for you. Uh, that's good for me.
1: and yep. mm-hmm. Python, this is pretty open source. Excel, it seems to me that uh, people who are collecting data in Excel, they usually bump into a wall uh, once they want to proceed further. So, uh, yeah. So these are the tools but we need to the data captured by the health professionals right oh, so, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and uh, in the clinical research domain we call the tools for data capture and we call it electronic data capture systems
0: I see yeah they uh, usually so I see where you're coming yeah. from yeah so mm-hmm. so in terms of that it would be the various electronic medical records uh, that's mm-hmm. implemented in the um, uh, uh, healthcare setting as well as clinical information systems um, so this really uh, goes a huge range. In the radiology, we call it radiology information system, cardiology, cardiovascular uh, information system. So you get the trend. <laughs> yeah, so we have all sorts. Nursings, the, the nurses are big on documentation, uh, so they have nursing documentation systems as well. And all this collectively get amalgamated into the electronic medical record, where to present uh, to the best effort a comprehensive um, uh, picture of the patient's Mm -hmm. health, yeah. So these were tools, but what about the people working with the tools? Do you
1: have data managers somewhere near around you? I'm, I know that this is a pretty specific position, but They might be important, I believe,
0: for the quality of the data. Oh, 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 Daniel, they are are vital. Um, (laughs) uh, Fortunately, sometimes I do have. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't, depending on the care setting. But I absolutely agree with you. Having a well-trained professional who looks at data um, is is, is important. That's number one, not only the skill sets, but also the contextual knowledge Uh, because every care setting is different. Uh, so you can actually get someone who is um, very familiar with data. Uh, how do you control data, manage data, define granularity, dictionary. You go to a brand new environment. we got the context, organizational culture, uh, background information. Um, that guy would be limited, if you will. So yes, you know sometimes when they go to an organization where they have, yes, this is the, the guy, the, the chief data officer, for example. And yeah, so I'll be always grateful when they have professionals like that yeah. yeah
1: okay and you mentioned that you you need them to have some skill set and also the contextual knowledge and <laughs> from the skill set is there some most important factor is it for example health data standardization
0: um that ironically when it comes to actual uh, cleaning of data um, the importance goes down a little bit yeah, mm-hmm. because the informaticians like us would have controlled um, the vocabulary to begin yeah. with, then when you have the data, they become um, structure. Uh, so some of the really useful skill sets I've seen, um, uh, from my experiences so far, would be a mixture of two types: one, clinical professionals who have analytic skills, and oh. analytics professionals who have some clinical skills. You you put these two uh, type of professionals together they will do magic because somehow they can communicate effectively yeah, uh, with each other.
1: Sounds good. And I wonder what can happen if they don't communicate effectively, then I think there's the people factor, which sometimes unfortunately fails or sometimes also the tool factor fails. Uh, I have one simple word for it. It is a fuck up of data management. <laughs> and I wonder, have you experienced some of them?
0: Uh, Absolutely. So um, some of the projects I've worked with um, in in my region, I've come across, um, uh, this is a hospital chain, uh, not in Singapore. Uh, So we went in and um, I'll I'll isolate the example to just gender, the data for gender. So you would think that gender is very simple, male, female, unknown. Uh, But it also depends on how you capture it. So in this particular hospital chain, they have a few hospitals. The first hospital captured it as one, two, zero. The second hospital capture as MFU. The third, 012. So when you amalgamate the data and, and, and they sort of just escape them totally when they say, oh Adam you want data, I have all this data. So it's not just gender, it's across the board. They have different ways of capturing, sometimes using numerical values that doesn't correspond. So again, 012, 120, MFU, <laughs> MFU is totally different. Uh, and when they get this data together, they start the training churning um, insights. And things just doesn't look right. So when it's all, when oh, one is using numeric, another is using alphabet, let's change it to all numeric. But you know, they did a somewhat, if you will, uh, messed up situation. Finally, they realized that one is using one two zero, so MFU120, the other is um, MFU012. Mm-hmm. And it became a mess because we already, um, we already built a new database it becomes impossible for you to clean the data. There's no logical method for humans to go in and eyeball this. You have to rebuild everything from scratch. And before you rebuild it, you have to clean it up. Uh, But here's the thing. The people working on it uh, knows what's going on. The management will be, what's the problem? You want data, I have data. You want standardized code sets. As I understand it, they're all standardized, right? What's the problem? Um, so that's one, uh, <laughs> from a technical perspective. Uh, so if you think about it, is it a technical error? Yes and no. Maybe poor design. Yeah, poor design. S- somewhere uh, yeah. in the
1: past. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so second uh, type of scenario I come across is that um, uh, folks who are not familiar with data, they get bought into all these uh, interesting concepts, maybe from conferences or exhibition that data analytics, data science is magic. The moment I have data, I can do anything. Uh, But here's the thing. Number one, you must have to correct data, as you will appreciate. (laughs) Number two, sometimes we don't know, or what we don't know, I don't know what data to capture. Because I'm trying to do predictive, and this is different from finance or logistic, uh, transport, where there's control factors. In health, we are trying to figure out uh the unknown <laughs> we, we humans didn't build humans there's a lot of stuff we we don't know yet we're still solving symptoms uh, so some of the management they'd have this weird notion that hey you have data so tell me what's going on um, and then we get into interesting um conversations um and so so two most common type of uh, resolution comes up they, they come up enlightened saying that okay you need more um, resources to train people to build the better uh, data collection processes, or they walk away thinking that now data data analytics doesn't work in healthcare. Uh, it's not true. Uh, so yeah, these are some of the more interesting stuff I've seen, and I actually attribute it back to humans again. <laughs> it's not a technical problem. It's a it's a human. It's a human related issue.
1: So a lot of human factors.
0: Yes, it is
1: which have to be solved by proper data management and good design.
0: Absolutely agree. Yes. So
1: I think we are approaching the end of this episode. It went very quickly, but I think uh, we are there. And I have to say this was the clinical data management from the perspective of Dr. Adam Chi, a pragmatic academician and respectful expert in digital health. Adam, thank you very much for your time. And also for sharing your valuable insights on the importance of the data semantics and interoperability with us. It was really a big pleasure to have you here. And I must say many thanks also to our listeners for being with us. Whether you are data manager, data analyst or data engineer, You can already look forward to the next episodes of the podcast program, which I believe may represent a solid inspiration to the clinical data management community. Learn from the best, stay tuned. I am Daniel Schwartz and this is the clinical data management best practices podcast program
0: presented by IBA.